Turn in the scriptures this morning to the book of Psalms, Psalm 34. We've been on a series we've called The Goodness of God. You hear a lot of times people say God is good, and he is. But then some of the same folks will turn around and try to tell you God did something bad. There's a lot of confusion about this. In Psalm 34 and verse 8, it says, oh, we preached on that, didn't we? <laughs> oh. <laughs> we said, what would you preach? Well, go find out. <laughs> oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Is he good, saints? Is he good? Blessed is the man that trusts in him. Oh, taste and see. Today's English version says it like this. Find out for yourself how good the Lord is. Well, that's why you taste. You only want to hear for so long somebody bragging about how good the casserole is. That casserole, whoo, you ain't never had a casserole like that. Oh, my word. How long do you want to hear that? Now, what do you, what do you say? Pretty quick after that. Well, let me have some. Is that right? I mean, let me find out for myself. We are not supposed to know how good the Lord is vicariously through other people's experiences and testimonies. Thank God for them. Let them inspire you. But you got to find out for yourself. Honey child. Is that right? You, you got to find out. For yourself. Hmm, somebody say, I'm finding out for myself. I'm finding out for myself. What? What? What you finding out? How good he is. Is he good? Is he good? Is he good? Psalm 119, 68 says, You are good and you do good. Teach me your statutes. And, and you find this is talking about relative to good. Listen to the, the Living Bible, and you'll find the language in the original supports this in more than one verse that it doesn't show up in the King James. He says, you are good and do only good. And the uh, message says it like this, you are good and the source of good. Train me in your goodness. We ought to say that out loud. Tell the Lord, you are good and the source of good. Train me in your goodness. Hallelujah. Now we camped on that about him being only good. Psalm 73, 1, don't turn there, but it says the same kind of thing. Only good. Only good. God does not have a dark side. He does not have a mean streak. We saw that good comes out of good. And evil comes out of evil. And man, you there are all kind of teachings in theology schools right now. There are all kind of doctrines that are listed, variations of it in different denominations, that attribute evil to God. Well, if God is doing good and evil... 
What's wrong with us doing good and evil? We'd just be acting like him. And how could he judge us for evil? If evil's in him too. It's just not true. He is good. He is all good. He's only good. He's always good. Does anybody believe it? If it's good, it's God. If it's bad, it's not God. It's not him. 1 Timothy 4.4, the Amplified says, everything God created is good. Everything. Is that true or not? Everything created by God is good. So we say, well, there's a lot of bad things down here. Didn't God create everything? Actually, no. He didn't create everything. Now, when you say that, you get some people get upset. (laughs) But it's the same thing as we talked about. God is in control. Well, what do you mean by that? Well, he's controlling everything. That's not true. That's just not true. Everything that's happening is somehow God. It's not true. I said it's not true. God did not decide whether you ate cornflakes or raisin bran today. Or whatever it was you got. That was your choice. And because men have the ability to choose, they can choose wrong. The Bible said, listen to this, Ecclesiastes 7.29, complete Jewish says, God made human beings upright. But they have devised many schemes. They have, easy to read says, God made people good, but they have found ways to be bad. (laughs) See, being created in the likeness and image of God means we have creative ability. And the Bible refers to people who are inventors of evil things. People have used the creative power God gave them to create evil. So God didn't create that. It was a distortion and perversion of what he made. Everything God made was good when he made it. Come on, can you see this? Anybody read Genesis? I mean the first part. God made this and it was good. He made this and it was good. He made this and it was good. I'm quoting scriptures. He made this and it was good. He made this and it was good. He made this and it was good. And the seventh time it said he looked at everything he made and it was very good. Can you look at AIDS and cancer and say, behold, it is very good. It was not a part of God's original creation. Can you look at people starving to death? And violence, people killing each other and say, behold, it is very good. No, God didn't create that. I said he didn't create that. And so you got people talking about, I don't know why God's doing all this. He's not. Now he's got a plan. Hallelujah. And before it's all done, it's going to be fixed. Hallelujah. New heavens, new earth, no curse, no death, no pain. Anybody looking forward to it? 
But all of the evil and darkness that's in the world right now is not God's doing. The only thing that ever came out of God is good, 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 and more good. Do you believe it? Every good and perfect gift has come from him. Right? What Jesus say? The thief comes not, but for to steal and kill and destroy. If it stole something from you, it killed something in your life, it destroyed something in your life, it wasn't God, it was the thief. I know that sounds simple, but how many know a lot of people are confused about that? God didn't make the devil. I wonder why God made the devil. He didn't. He created a perfect anointed cherub that covered Let me read this to you from Ezekiel 28. Ezekiel 28 in verse uh, 14, he said, you are the anointed cherub that covers. I've set you so. You were upon the holy mountain of God. You walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. You were perfect in your ways from the day that you were created until iniquity was found in you. The devil who was not the devil at that time, the anointed cherub that covered, he used the creative ability God gave him to serve him with and formed evil and fathered, engendered lying. Who's the father of lying? It couldn't come from God. It's impossible for God to lie. And didn't Jesus say in John, Satan, he he is a liar and he's the father of lying. Who fathered lying? The devil did. Not God. Nothing false or deceptive ever came out of God. Listen to it. It says, talking about the one who is the devil now. He said, you were perfect in your ways from the day of your being produced until perversity was found in you. The easy to read says, you were good and honest when I created you. Then you became evil. And that's what happened with men. God created Adam and Eve perfect. Is that right? And then before too long, after the fall, the whole earth was filled with corruption and violence. And the Lord said that the men had corrupted themselves. He didn't do it. I said he didn't do it. How many know we must stop blaming God for the evil in this earth? It's blasphemous. I said it's blasphemous. What is blasphemy of the Holy Spirit? They were calling the works of the Holy Spirit through Jesus' life the works of the devil. Isaiah said, woe to him that calls evil good and good evil. If God says it's good, it's good. Right? Oh, thank you, Lord. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. Continuing talking about the devil in verse 16 in the Living Bible, he said, your great wealth filled you with internal turmoil and you sinned. Verse 17 says, your heart was lifted up because of your beauty and you corrupted your wisdom. Who corrupted it? He did. He did. So I I said all that to say God is good. 
and he's only good. We, we talked about this to begin with. I'm reviewing just a little bit. 1 John 1, 5. 1 John 1, 5 says God is light and in him is what? No darkness at all. Listen to these other scriptures. The Amplified says there's no darkness in him at all, not in any way. The complete Jewish says God is light. There's no darkness in him, none. The message says God is light. I like this. God is light, pure light. There's not a trace of darkness in him. The Weiss says God as to his nature is light and darkness in him does not exist, not even one particle. <laughs> oh, somebody say God is good. God is good. All, good. All good. Only good. Amen. And you know, we need to quit just standing idly by when people slander our good father. We do not need to nod our head in agreement. Well, I don't know why God's doing all this. These earthquakes and these tsunamis. And and I don't know why God's doing all this. I mean, they're slandering your good father. They're attributing evil to the most perfect one in existence. There are times you need to speak up and go, that's not God. God didn't do that. That's not him. That's not him. Well, if it's not him, who is it? There's devil and demons and there's crazy people. Is that right? And confused people. And between all that, you got the big mess that the world's in. And it's not God. Wasn't the way he created it. Have you read, read the very front of the book and then skip over everything and read the very back of the book. And you see what God wants. Hallelujah. And it's going to be that way. But before then, you and I got a job to do. We got a job to do. Get in. Minister good. Get out. <laughs> Go with me to Exodus 18. Oh, thank you, Lord. Exodus 18 and 9. Jethro, no connection with Beverly Hillbillies. <laughs> this is long before that. <laughs> was the father-in-law of Moses. It was Moses' wife's daddy. And uh, after God had wrought all the signs and wonders in Egypt and brought them out under Moses' leadership, he was able to come and visit with him. And the Bible said in 18.9, Jethro rejoiced. In what? In all the goodness that the Lord had done to Israel. Hallelujah. Has the Lord done good things for us? Whereof we are glad. The Bible said in the Psalms, the heathen saw. And they said among the heathen, the Lord has done good things for them. And the rest of it said, the Lord has done good things for us. Where have we got? When you got the unbelievers talking about how good God is in your life, you are a shining light. You are a witness. And what is the witness? The witness 
is the goodness of God. Last time we talked about this in Romans, he said the goodness of God would lead men to repentance. That's why the devil wants this hidden. He wants to portray God as mean and hard and evil and dark. And so people will stay away. But when people see the truth, I said when they see the truth, how good he is, how gracious he is, how merciful he is, how forgiving, and what kind of good plans he has for them, they'll come a-running. Is that right? And they'll repent and receive him. It's no wonder the devil has fought the goodness of God so hard, which is why he's fought healing. Because healing is good. I said healing is good. You hear people say, well, you know, this this terminal disease, I know it's hard, but maybe it's a blessing in disguise. (laughs) So God's disguising his blessings. (laughs) Well, how are we going to know what's what? How many think if God wanted to hide something from you, he probably could? Right? Right? Well, maybe it's a blessing in disguise. No, no, being sick is not a blessing in disguise. Why do you say it so bold, Brother Keith? Because somebody needs to wake up. Two of the biggest things you need to learn in life, what to yield to and what to resist. Because if you're resisting God, you're in trouble. If you're yielding to the enemy, you're in trouble. Yield to healing. Resist disease. Right? You know what else is good? Abundance. Abundance is good. Being able to pay your bills is good. Having plenty is good. Well, I don't know. You know, I I, I got close to the Lord and and I drew near to him when I was in that that hard financial time. Well, I'm glad you did. (laughs) But anything you can learn in a broke, wore out car... In a little bitty, uh, you know, cold house, you can learn more comfortably. Don't tell me. I I grew up relatively poor. I've been in a car. I've I've driven cars in the wintertime. It's a cold. By the time you got to work, you thought my feet will never be right again. (laughs) And I love the Lord then. But I also got a car now. All you got to do is set 72. Hmm? Even cools the seat. Mrs. Brother Keith, don't tell all that. People won't give any offering. You don't know our bunch. What, what do you mean? See, that's, that's con stuff. You ever hear people say, you know, don't wear them good shoes to preach in. You know, wear one that's got a little hole in the box. Offerings will be better. Then what are we doing here? That's conning, that's, that's manipulation, that's, no. And if the word and faith and sowing and reaping doesn't work in mine and Phyllis's life, if we're not getting harvest and results, why should you expect any either? No, no, no. We're not bragging and boasting on us. We're giving thanks to God for his, his goodness. What are we talking about, that car? Yeah. Air-conditioned seat. Set the climate at 72. Man, I can pray in tongues in that car. Woo! I can worship God in that car. Quiet and smooth. Don't tell me that I, I, could, I could 
pray better in that cold car with my feet numb. Don't tell me that. I've been there. I've done both. Cold car, old car, broke down car, bad. Bad. Don't try to say it's a blessing in disguise. No, no, honey. Mm. Being sick, hurting. I've been sick before too. Hurting and God was with me and he helped me. But anything you learn being sick, you can learn more comfortably being healed. Anything you learn being broke, now, I know that's contrary to what some people believe. But that's because they believe evil comes from God. They, they believe God sends evil things into your life to teach you and train you and develop you. It's quiet. What do you believe? Makes all the difference what you believe. What do you yield to? What do you resist? Don't call evil good. Disease is bad. I hate sickness. So you're not supposed to hate. Oh, yeah, you are. You're not supposed to hate people. I hate poverty. I despise it. People will die today on this planet for lack of a decent meal. That's poverty. If a lot of it's evil, a little bit of it's evil. It's the same stuff. People will die. Because a disease, their body can no longer function. It's evil. Somebody say it's evil. evil. You need to fight it. That's why we're not opposed to doctors. They're fighting the same thing we're fighting. Is that right? We thank God for good doctors and nurses. If you really believe that that disease was from the Lord, you shouldn't go to the doctor to try to get rid of it. Which one is true? See, it doesn't make sense. It's all convoluted. It's confusion. And God's not in confusion either. It's real simple. Everybody with me? Disease is bad. Being healed is good. Is that right? Being broke is bad. Having plenty is good. I mean, a three-year-old could get this. Is that right? How about you? <laughs> Jethro rejoiced in all the goodness that the Lord had done to Israel. It was a witness to him. Now look at Numbers 10. Numbers 10, 29. Is that still true today? When people see the goodness of the Lord in your life? I know we had Phyllis and I had family members that thought we went off the deep end when we, uh, you know, left home, went to follow the Lord, went to Bible school, believing things that we're believing. And uh, some of them, it took five years, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years. But they came around. Every one of them came around. Some of the very ones that thought I was nuts when we left <laughs> came around 15 years later and said, boy, you did the right thing. <laughs> boy, you sure, sure did the right thing. I started to say, if I listened to you, I wouldn't have. But I didn't, I didn't say that. And you know the thing that got them? They kept seeing the goodness of God. They kept seeing the Lord heal us and bless us and use us and add to us. Come on, are you with me? Do you hear this? They saw the goodness of God year after year until they decided, you know, there must be something to that. And what they're believing is, well, I know that Keith. He ain't that smart. 
I know he couldn't have done all that by himself. God must have blessed him. God must have done that. And he did. And the same thing's happening in your life. So how many would let God bless you? Just let him, let him pour his goodness on you and in you until everybody around you goes, man, you're the luckiest guy I ever saw in my life. And you go, ain't luck. It ain't luck. It's the goodness of God. <laughs> now listen, get ready to shout. Numbers 10, 29. Talking about his father-in-law. Moses said, this is the Hobab, the son of Ragiel, the Midianite, Moses' father-in-law. He said, we're journeying to the place of which the Lord said, I'll give it to you. Won't you come with us? And we will do you good. Come with us and we'll do you good. For the Lord has spoken good concerning Israel. Verse 32, skip down. And it'll be if you go with us. It'll be that what goodness the Lord does to us, the same we'll do to you. Hallelujah. The goodness was a witness. It was obvious. And then he told him, he said, you go with us because God's already told us he's got some more good for us. And if you'll go with us, whatever good he does for us, we'll do it to you. Such as you have. That's what you can give. Hallelujah. Before you can do good, you have to receive good. Come on, can you see this? Before you can bless, you have to be blessed. This is our call. This is our destiny. Blessed to be a blessing. Full of goodness to do good. Can you see this? Goodness is ability to bless. It matters who you run with, who you hang around. If you don't like what they got, you better limit your time with them because you're going to have some of what they got, good or bad. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 15, 33, don't be deceived. Evil communications corrupt good manners. That's what your mama told you. Don't run with that crap. They'll rub off on you. They'll affect you. I know a good friend of mine, a successful pastor now for many years. But back in his youth, he was into drugs over his head. Took all kind of drugs. Was involved in their distribution and everything else, I guess, too. And, and just his life was just... A disaster. I mean, he's had. How many understand you? Uh, extreme drug use. You're not going to live long. Whether you're shot with a pistol or overdose. I mean, it's you are on a short track. And that's where he was. And he'd used so many drugs, it affected his brain. So he wasn't as sharp as he used to be. And uh, thank God, by the grace of God, he got born again. 
have some church people that loved him, hallelujah, and began to minister to him. And he came all the way out. He got completely clean, completely free. He got his sharpness back and then some. Oh, can you say glory to God? And now has, like I said, been successful in ministry for decades. Outstanding ministry. Somebody say glory to God. I asked him one time about how that worked and what he had to do. And he said, Keith, one of the main things I had to do was stay away from my old friends. He said it was hard, but all his friends, you know what they want to talk about? Drugs. You know where they want to go? Where drugs are. You know what they want to do? Drugs, drugs, drugs. And even though God has set you free, if you're going to stay free, you can't stay in that environment. I don't care if they're the only friends you've got. Do you want to be bound again? Do you want to die? Then you've got to stay away from it and let God give you some new friends. I didn't say it was easy, but you can't hang out around this. It's too much temptation. It's, it's, it's yielding to it. And uh, the Bible even warns about bitterness. That a root of bitterness can trouble you and many be defiled by it. Now, we're not talking about drugs now. You hang around somebody that's bitter about something. It's contagious. It's catching. You can't listen to them judge people night and day and find fault with everybody without it influencing you. It'll begin to color your thinking. It'll begin to influence you. And with everybody, it's going to go one way or the other. Either you're going to influence them or they're going to influence you. But you can't hang around people for large lengths of time with no effect. You want some good in your life? Then you need to find people that believe in good. Is that right? And people that are full of goodness and want to minister goodness. You got to have a desire to be full of goodness yourself. Right? That's what prosperity is about. It's been maligned. People have twisted scriptures and used them to prophesy money out of somebody's pocket into theirs. But it doesn't change the truth of the word. Part of the goodness of God is material abundance. Prosperity with God is not about the stuff. It's not about the money. It's about the goodness of God. The Lord wants people to see the goodness of God in the material material realm. They can see it. Is that right? He wants them to see the goodness of God materially. And he wants you to be enabled to do good things with money and with stuff. Anybody available? Anybody available? You want God to use you further than he's used you. More than he's used you. You got a hunger for it. You got a desire. You got to believe it's God's will. You see, a whole lot of people say, well, now, as long as I got enough for me and mine, that's all I need. That's all I need. What about everybody else? Your overflow, your surplus is your ministry. I mean, if it's taking all the faith you've got to pay your electric bill and your little rent, how are you going to have a world vision preaching the gospel around the world? 
We got to break out. I said we got to break out. I need to read you some scriptures. 3 John 11. Just listen to these. Don't try to turn to all these. 3 John 11 says, don't imitate evil, but imitate good. He who does good is of God. Hallelujah. Acts 10, 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth, who went about what? With the Holy Ghost and power. He went about what? He went about what? Are you like Jesus? Huh? Then you go about. I said, then you go about doing good. Healing was the next thing you mentioned. Is healing good? I told you healing was good. Healing's good. Where do you ever see Jesus went about and made somebody sick? Never. Never. When did you ever see Jesus, somebody come to him to be healed? And he said, I'm sorry, dear. Sit down here just a minute. No, see, God has ordained that you keep this. Because this will glorify him more. You never read that. That's men's concoction. And you know what's the result of? Men trying to explain why prayer didn't get answered. Men trying to explain. And why would people assume it's God's fault? Never occurred to them. Maybe we did something wrong. He went about doing what? Doing what? What do you do? What do you do? Somebody say, I go around doing good. Now, in order to do good, you got to have some good. And the more good you have, more good you can do. We've had people, you know, rebuke us about prosperity and abundance. Oh, y'all shouldn't preach on having abundance and having plenty, having plenty. They turn right around and say, you're supposed to help the poor. With what? With what? Doesn't make sense. If you want to be a blessing, you got to have a blessing. Right? That woman that had that alabaster box of ointment was worth a year's wages. So, you know, tens of thousands of dollars. And she came and broke that box and dumped it on Jesus' feet as an act of honor and love. You know what you got to have before you can do that? A $30,000 box of perfume in your bedroom. <laughs> I said, you got to have one before you can do that. Oh, I lost somebody, I guess. <laughs> Let me read some other, some other verse. You need some other verses, and then you'll be right as rain. Good to go. Hebrews thirty-one, complete Jewish says, "May God equip you with every good thing you need to do His will." Ooh. The Dewey translation. This is Hebrews thirteen twenty-one. The Dewey says. Fit you in all goodness that you may do his will, doing in you that which is well pleasing in his sight. Say, God's fitting me me with complete goodness. goodness. I'm being outfitted outfitted. with every good thing to do all manner of good works. That's my call. That's what I was made for. That's what you were made for. Not to just sit around and wait to die. 
Not sit around and beg and hope somebody will notice me and do something good for me. If you're a baby and you don't know any better, well, okay, but you don't stay there. Learn how to not be dependent on other people. Oh, I don't need to tell them. I believe for myself. I'll just pray the Lord will hear my prayer. I'll just sow a seed. I'll get this. Is that right? Next thing you know, instead of you being the one needing, you're the one feeding. Instead of you being the one down, hallelujah, you're the one flowing with the good. Oh, somebody say, that's me, that's me, that's me. 2 Timothy 2.21, 2 Timothy 2.21, if a person keeps himself free from defilement, he'll be a vessel set aside for honorable use by the master of the house, and he'll be fit and ready for every kind of good work. God's fitting me. He's preparing me. He's equipping me to do good things. God gave us buildings so we could do good things. We could have good service. Like this good meeting last week. Is that right? Giving us a word production center so we could produce good materials and send good things around the world. Is that right? God's given us money so we could help uh, buy boats and trucks and, and go to people that's not going to church. Well, send church to them. Glory to God. Is that right? We see that. People that hadn't heard about Jesus. All of these things are outfitting and equipping with goodness. Oh, God wants to pour more goodness on your life. More and more goodness. Somebody say goodness. Goodness, every good work, every good thing. Thank you, Lord. In 1 Timothy 6.17, put it on the screen for us. We're going to make a little adjustment in our thinking right now. 1 Timothy 6.17, read it out loud with me. Charge them that are rich in this world. Now, does the rest of it say to get rid of them old riches? Because you say you can't serve God like that? No. No. It just says, don't be hoity-toity. Don't don't have your nose in the air. Right? Right. Don't get snooty. High-minded. Don't trust in the money. Mm -hmm. How many know there's all kind of things money can't buy? But you trust in the living God who gives us richly all things to enjoy. Keep reading. Read verse 18. That they what? Who's he talking to? Back up to verse 17. Who's he talking to? Them that are rich in this world. Now you need to say, yeah, I have to watch that. How many Christians read that and, and they read it like it has no application to them at all? Well, that ain't me. That's them rich folks. And yet the Bible said Jesus was made poor. Huh? So that you through his poverty might be made rich. It's the same language that he took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses and carried our pains so that we could be healed. He became sin with our sin so we could be made the righteousness of God. You don't need another dollar in your hand to be rich. If you'll believe it Hallelujah. And begin to say it and look for it. It'll begin to come. What's rich? It's not a dollar amount. 
It varies from person to person, but it is abundance in your life to do everything that you need to do full of goodness, full of good works. You can pay this off. You can pay that bill. You can take care of this. You can send this one to do that. You can underwrite this. You can support this ministry and this. Oh, come on. Are you listening? This is God's call on your life. Yes, sir. Every believer. Yes, sir. Amen. Yes. But you have to stop being lazy. Amen. And not having any of it. Well, I, now I'm, yeah, I'm retired. No. <laughs> from God? No. <laughs> you retired from God? No, sir. Uh-uh. No, you don't retire from service until you breathe your last or the trumpet sounds. How will I know? That's how you'll know. You breathe your last, you slip out of your body, then you rest from your labors or the trumpet sounds. Either way, it's not confusing. You'll know. Till then, you work. You serve the Lord. Hallelujah. You believe for a life full of good things and you do good things. You bless. People see the blessing in your life and you're able to be a blessing. Hallelujah. That they do good. That they be rich in good works. Why would you want to be rich? Most of the church doesn't think you should be. But the Lord didn't say you just had to pile it all up on yourself and keep everything. In fact, he told us different. Let it flow in. Let it flow out. Somebody say, let it flow in. Let it flow out. You know the good thing about that? If you're a, if you're a pipe, if you're a conduit, that is large volumes are flowing in and large volumes are flowing out. Well, your pipe's always full. I said, it's always, while it's flowing in, while it's flowing, it's always full. Say it out loud, rich in this world, rich in good works, is God's will for me. Second Corinthians 9, turn there too, please. Second Corinthians 9 and 6. He said, this I say. He who sows sparingly will reap sparingly. He who sows bountifully shall also reap bountifully. Every man according as he purposes in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity. For God loves a cheerful giver. Nobody's making you do it. Nobody's pulling on you to do it. You do it because you want to. You do it because you're glad to. You never had so much fun. Am I telling the truth for anybody that's done any of this? You never had so much fun as let God use you. I mean, somebody's under pressure financially, but they're believing God. And the Lord taps you on the shoulder and you've got the means to go over there and fix it. Hallelujah. It's paid for. It's done. And the pressure goes away. Hallelujah. Somebody's been desiring something for years and years and years and the Lord prompts you and put the ability in your hand and he caused their dream to come to pass. Hallelujah. You are an answer to prayer. It don't get any more fun than this. Doesn't get any more exciting. I'd rather do this than eat when I'm hungry. 
I sleep when I'm tired. Have you, have you tasted any of this? If you haven't, friend, you need to. If you're, if you're bored and life is dull to you, this is the fix. This is it. This is the fix. Quit sitting around thinking about what I want, what I don't have. Nobody will come see me. <laughs> but when they do, you just tell them about what you want. And you just tell them about how nobody comes see you, even though they're there. So what are they thinking while you're telling them, griping about how come they hadn't been to see you? They're thinking about how it's going to be longer before you see me, right? It's no fun. Nobody wants to hear all this down in the mouth, sad sack, feel sorry for me stuff. There's no desire there to do any good for anybody else. God loves a cheerful. Somebody say cheerful. Giver, keep reading, verse 8, and God is able. Oh, man, this is the definition of prosperity right here. This is it. You won't find a better definition of prosperity and abundance, God, the God kind, than right here. God is able. Anybody believe God is able? Able to do what? Make all grace abound. Hallelujah. Abound towards you. To what end? To the end, to the result that you are always having all sufficiency in all things. Why? Why? So you can abound to every good work. Now, before you can abound, you have to be abounded on. Before you bound on them, God's got to abound on you. Before you can pour out good things on them, you got to receive good things from Him. It's not humility to say, well, I don't care. I don't care. You know, if I got a little bite to eat and, and that's all I care. Just give me a little log cabin in the corner of Glory Land. Honey, if there is a log cabin up there. It ain't going to be any little dumpy anything. How many of you stand in my father's house? Our many mansions. Mansions. Agree with the Bible. Agree with the Lord. He's good. He's big. Hallelujah. And he wants to demonstrate his love in the earth through you, through me. By pouring out his goodness in us and on us and through us and giving us ability. Hallelujah. I'm believing for ability. Are you believing with me? We've been believing and we have ability. Aren't we thankful? Phyllis said this church three years old. We hosted this conference this past week. Hallelujah. Didn't even ask anybody for a budget. Did you hear that? Did you hear anything said about a budget? Didn't need to. Prepared all these five-star meals for all these folks. Didn't charge them a dime. Nobody got a bill at the end of the end of the night. Nobody got a bill. We're sending these messages around the world. Hallelujah. That's ability. Somebody say ability. Ability. Abounding ability. 
we can dash back and forth in our little plane, preach up there. Now we're going to have ability to zip around the world. Increased ability. Can you see that? That's not just for a preacher or two or a church or two. That's for every child of God to have more ability to do good than you've ever had in your life. And just keep coming up and up and up. Hallelujah. Deuteronomy 8.18 says, you'll remember the Lord your God. He is the one that gives you power to get wealth to confirm his covenant. Covenant of blessing. Covenant of good. Can you say amen? Are we the seed of Abraham by faith in Jesus Christ? What is the blessing of Abraham? Genesis 12.2. But before I read that, I'm read you something else. Can you take it? It's good. It's good. I want to read to you the solution for poverty throughout the whole earth. Are you ready? Psalm 68.10. Psalm 68.10. Oh God, you have prepared of your goodness for the poor. Another verse says, how great is his goodness laid up for those that fear him. There's all this talk about the solution. It's not hard, but it won't be fully realized in our time. Amen. So why would you say that, Brother Keith? Because Jesus said, the poor you'll have with you always. That's right. Didn't he say it? Yes. He said, now you can do something for him anytime you want to, but you're going to have them. Why? Because not everybody is going to submit themselves to the Lordship of Jesus. Not everybody is going to walk by faith and acknowledge. But do you believe that God has already laid up goodness to take care of every poor person on the planet? Is it true? The scripture said so. It's true. The goodness is there. Ready to flow down and ready to flow out. He'd have some of it flow through me and you to people who are in need. It's not going to fix everything because there's always going to be people. Would God have you and I take the prosperity he's given us and support them so they could blaspheme God and worship other gods? That ain't going to cut it. That ain't going to work. Uh -uh. But the solution has always been there and will always be there. Say his goodness is laid up. It's there. It's already prepared for all the poor. Goodness. Psalm 31, 19 is one that said, How great is your goodness, which you have laid up for them that fear you. Genesis 12. Did you still have that? 12, 2. Genesis 12, 2. Nobody is supposed to be another person's source. It's it's humiliating. It's embarrassing to have to depend on another man or woman. God never intended that. He might use you to help somebody, but he never intended for them to look to you. This includes your kids. And grandkids. As soon as they're old enough to understand, wean them off of you. And on to the Holy Spirit. Because it's going to be soon. You can't take care of anything anyway. Everything anyway. I'm so glad my dad did that. 
There come a point I was I was just a boy, and uh, he didn't learn about the things about faith, but he he the principle of taking responsibility for yourself, he learned them later. And I'd ask about this, and, and you know about him buying me a toy. He said, "Well, you know you're becoming a man now too." What does that mean? <laughs> and, I, and I'd think, well, do I buy this or do I buy that? And in the early days, him and mom would just answer my questions for me. But there came a point just as a young boy. He, he knew, I'm thinking was one time I was going to get this toy. It was a piece of junk. It was just nothing. And I didn't know to, to do it. And he, he knew it. But he said, well, you got you to start making your own decisions now. So I got it. And it was junk. <laughs> but if I learned my lesson on that, it could save me from making a bigger mistake. Come on, can you see this? So don't let people make you their source. And don't, even if you see some things, don't answer all their questions. Look at them and smile and go, you know, the Lord will hear your prayers too. And the answer to a thousand and one questions is be led. Right? Why don't you tell me? Don't get huffy with me. Get in there and pray. Hear from God. Grow up. Be a big boy. But we shouldn't be depending on people. We don't have to depend on the government. We don't have to depend on the company. We don't have to depend on mom and daddy or, or this one or that one. Man, it's wonderful when you find out who your source is. Right? You find out who your source is. You can go straight to the source. Straight to the source. Somebody say straight to the source. Straight to the source. He will hear you. Not you plus a bunch of other people. Just you. You just show up at the throne by yourself. Without any entourage or accompaniment. You show up by yourself. By yourself. In Jesus name. He'll hear you. He'll answer you. Glory to God. I was at a church some years ago. Uh, Mike, God travels with me. He was, we, we got off the plane. I looked at him. I said, I don't know why I'm here. We, we didn't know these guys. We didn't. Now, I know that might sound like a strange thing to you. Well, why are you there? I, I believe the Lord led me to be there. But other than that, that's what I was saying. I, I don't know. Well, it was great. People are wonderful. They're good friends of ours now. And uh, good, good meetings. But at the end of the meeting, he said, Brother Keith, I may, maybe I ought to tell you something. And he told me about this scenario that the Lord told him to do something, and he didn't really want to do it, but it was uncomfortable, and, but he did it. And on the way from doing it, the Lord said to him, thank you for doing that. Is there anything I can do for you? Would the Lord ask anything like that? You know, he did. He asked, he asked Solomon, didn't he? What do you want me to do for you? And you know what this pastor said? He said, Lord. I'd like Brother Keith to come to my church. Three months later, I'm there. I laughed. I said, you went over my head. You you went over my head. (laughs) If somebody's not giving you the right answer, you can go over. Oh, come on. Did somebody get that? You can go right to the top. You can go right to the top. You can go to the top. Right to the top. Hallelujah. And if the Almighty says it, well, hey, get out of the way because here it comes. I don't care what they thought. <laughs> Genesis 12, 2. 
We are the seed of Abraham by faith in Jesus Christ. Isn't that what Galatians says and other places say? Genesis 12 2. What is the blessing of Abraham? I will make of you a great nation and I will bless you. Is that the end? Huh? We sit home and watch TV and go, I'm blessed. Woo! I'm blessed. Sit, sit in our nice house with our pile of money and go, Woo! I'm blessed. Look at me. I can retire young. I can play golf forever. I can just fish. It's okay to enjoy a few little things, but is that your full purpose in life? Is playing? I will bless you and make your name great and you shall be a blessing. What do you do with the blessing? You bless. What do you do with abundance? You minister goodness to people. Oh, can you say amen? Amen. You minister goodness. You don't have to be like the man that said, you know, what am I going to do? I got all this extra. I know what I'll do. I'll pull my barns down and build bigger ones. And the Lord said, you fool, you're leaving here tonight. And who's all that stuff's going to be? No. God, didn't the Lord say he'll bless you until there's not room to contain it? That means you don't have room in the garage to put those new cars. You don't have room in the the closet to put all those new clothes. Are y'all with me or not? So what do you do? Are you confused about what to do? What do you do? Man, you are a sewing machine. You look around you and you sew a car and you sew some clothes and you sew some jewelry. We've been confessing for years. I'm getting my houses, my buildings, my lands. Did you notice there's an S? Houses. Lands. Maybe there should be equipments. What's that about? What do I need with houses? Get them and find out. I don't need all that. Have you ever sown a house? Would you like to? Are you open to it? I don't need all those cars just to pay insurance on. Man, who said you had to keep all of them? Sow them. Plant them. Give them. Make somebody shout. I said make somebody shout. Huh? So come over here. I need to see you. Let me take you out to lunch. What's these keys here? What's you? That's your new car. What? Huh? Huh? What's this truck doing over at my apartment? You moving today. <laughs> Where am I going? Just get in and find out. Just get in and find out. Have some faith. Does anybody want to do things like this? Do you want to be involved? I was, I was at a place a while back. And a, and a young man was. The Lord gave him this thing in his heart. To travel over a whole continent. And to minister to people. And I, I don't know who knew him. Uh, his name wasn't uh, widely known. And uh, he was believing God. He was going to take money to get there. And he's going to have to buy equipment. Then he's going to have to do this. He's going to have to do the other. And I heard him talking about it. He was going to take Probably take a few years to, to get all that done. And the Lord dealt with me. He punched me. He said, fix it now. Oh, glory to God. What does that mean? And I told him, he said, uh, how much? I said, all of it. 
he said, when? I said, well, the check will be to your office in a couple of days, I guess. Well, he don't even have to think about that. Come on, are y'all with me? He don't even have to think about it. Now he can just focus on his mission and get it done. Somebody say, goodness, goodness, goodness. But before you could minister goodness, you had to have the goodness in your life. Broke is bad. Rich is good. Hallelujah. Rich is good. You don't have to spend it all on yourself. Minister and let it flow and bless. Somebody say, I'm a blessing going somewhere to happen. I'm. I go about doing good, doing good, doing good, doing... Stand on your feet. Stand on your feet. I've gone long enough. Woo. Oh, hallelujah. Just lift up your hands. Close your eyes and focus on him. Say it out loud because you believe it. Father God, I acknowledge you are only good. No evil ever came from you. The source of goodness. Every good thing in my life has come from you. All the evil did not come from you. I present myself to be a receptacle to be a conduit of good in the earth thank you for enlarging me my capacity to receive goodness from you I am the blessed of the Lord and I am and will be a great blessing to many By your hand on my life. Glory to God. Hallelujah. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.